ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please share with your friends and your family. We are currently in our knowing series studying in the book of John, and it's that time. Let's jump right into it. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Today, I have my sister-in-law, Kyla, and Britt with me on the podcast. And before we get started, uh, Pastor Tom kind of gave a send-off for the missionaries here at the church. And uh, one group is going to Kenya and Africa, and then one is going to Quito, Ecuador. And I wanted to throw out there, um, have you guys ever been on a missions trip or have any highlights of any mission experiences that you've had? Yes. I have been on a missions trip. Okay, so I went on my first missions trip whenever I was, I think I was like 15. I was terrified. I did not want to go, but I was convinced to go on this trip, and it was to the very exciting North Carolina. And it was super far away in Pittsburgh, from Pittsburgh. But um, So I go on this missions trip, and the highlight of the entire trip— as little 15-year-old me, is I hated staying away from my parents. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> and I would cry and cry and cry and cry. And so I go on this mission trip. I'm supposed to be like, cool, like, oh, I'm 15. Cried every single day. And they had this like board where it was like, today's highlight of the day or like the best thing that happened today was, and for the first time after like five days of being there, I didn't cry when I talked to my mom on the phone and they put it on the big board uh, in front of everyone. Can you imagine? It's a great job. Listen, that's embarrassing. It's a breakthrough. <laughs> I know. I'm supposed to say like, oh, and all these people came to love Christ. I'm like, I didn't cry one day when You're I like, talked on the phone. I hated staying away from my parents and I was miserable. <laughs> I was. That's pretty much nailed it. I think that's like the only mission trip I ever went on. It was like, oh, one and done. No. Nice. So, some people aren't meant for missions. <laughs> we can do missions at home. There you go. How about you, Brett? Have you ever been on one? Uh, I have. So I actually almost went on my first one around your same age, around 14, I want to say, with this church. But the group, the church that had, oh my gosh, I don't remember where we were supposed to go. Dominican Republic. And the group that was there before us, the church that had went, got held hostage for oh, wow. two days. Oh, my goodness. And so we canceled. Like, the church oh, was like, yeah, they're like so. we can't. Yeah, they're like, we can't go. So wow. we were so bummed. So then I did end up going on three Three consecutive years when I was in college, I led three to, to Thessaloniki, Greece, which was awesome because oh, that's sounds, where yeah. the book of Thessalonians, like the Church of Thessalonians or Thessalonica. I would have signed the, up for that one. You know, it was cool. so cool. And the coolest part was we were there for two weeks and out of the you know 14 days, two days of travel. So 10 of the days we were doing missions work, but the two other days were like free days where we got to like see really cool. cool things. So I got to go... Uh, to Philippi and stand in the cell that Paul was oh, in. Cool. I got to stand on the spot that he was tried in court. I got to, it was so cool. Just so many wow. cool things. I went to North That's Carolina. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. North Crackle. Oh, there you go. Yeah, for me, um, I haven't been on any with the church. Um, my church growing up, I went to just one with like a, like a youth camp. We did like a missions portion of that. Um, I think it was in somewhere in Alabama. But um, we were supposed to go on a missions trip to, I think we were supposed to go to Thailand. And then first uh, pregnancy, Avery was pregnant. We had to cancel that one. Mm. Then we were, I was supposed to help lead a, a, a missions trip to Ecuador. And then COVID hit and then uh, canceled that one. And so 
it's definitely something I'm I'm looking to do in the future. I don't know when the timing will line up, but yeah, definitely. Sounds like God's making it clear. You're not. <laughs> you're not <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Maybe I should just stick there. <laughs> um, but so Pastor Tom uh, brought us another sermon from the Knowing series going through John uh, chapter 6. And he goes into uh, the concept of I am. And so uh, reading from the book of Exodus, uh, we're going into God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I want to ask you guys, so how does the concept of I am help us to trust God? In what ways can we rely on God's constant presence and unchanging nature in our daily lives? Um, so I, I just that the statement I am is kind of cool because I feel like God did that to be like an all-encompassing statement like name, like mm-hmm. it's just fill in the blank. It's it's not necessarily like my name is I am literally. I think it's like a I am blank. blank. Mm-hmm. I am literally everything you can put in that that you need. I am, and so mm-hmm. I, I love. That's how comforting is that? Like no matter what you need in that moment, you fill in that blank, and that's God is there. Is that for you? It's it's a pretty powerful. Well, yeah. I think that's whenever he started, he he started filling in those, those blanks. He did, he was yeah, like, he does. I am attentive. I am your rescue. He started making those statements, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like each one of you know, there's times where we need that. We that I am, you know, your rescue, or I, you know, I am attentive to whatever whatever you're feeling. I feel right. You know? Yeah, like you're if you're spiritually, emotionally exhausted, I am your rest. Like literally yeah. just anything, fill yeah. in the blank. I am I am your energy. I am, like you could just fill in that blank and he is that. Like it's it's so cool. Yeah, and having that historical precedence of, you know, the Jewish people kind of heard about that or knew kind of what he was talking about when he's saying that, you know, that concept of Yahweh. And um, yeah, that's definitely, yeah, something that is kind of hard to wrap your head around. I mean, I'm sure that they kind of, I don't know how many of them really got it at the time, but like looking back on the scripture and looking back at the, you know, timeline story of the Bible, it's, it's very impactful. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. But so, um, then he goes into the concept of, you know, the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, the miracle there. And, um, I wanted to kind of anything, did anything stand out to you in that story of Jesus, the feeding the 5,000? I know we've probably heard it many times, but is there anything from that that kind of stood out to you when he brought it up this time? Um, kind of the second part, and I, I hope I'm not completely missing here, but he mentioned something about um, after the fact, they come back asking for more, right? And mm-hmm. like, I feel like I've always kind of glossed over that, like that this mm-hmm. concept, like that he did this incredible miracle. And then instead of them just being like, oh my gosh, what did we just witness? They had the, I don't know if audacity, I guess, when you see something like that, what would make you not want to go back for more? But but yeah, to like the very next time they're seeing them, they're like, more, more. Like, like we want yeah. that. Like, not necessarily we want you because you've been telling us who you are and now you're showing us who you are. But like, we just want more of what you're producing. We want yeah. that, 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 that food, that bread, that fish, that whatever you're, that, mm-hmm. that miracle. We, we want that. And then that's kind of where Pastor Tom goes into the idea of this. It's, but we're supposed to be seeking him, not the healing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's seeking him. The healing could be fruit that comes from that, but it, 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 the the focus is to seek him, not the healing. Man, how how many times I've been guilty of wanting more? Mm. You know, like it, that whole story kind of you know made me think. Um, sometimes you have these big life things happen, and then you um, you can see so definitively the healing, but then mm. there's those little things. 
that you've asked for um, and then you get, and then you almost don't even right. realize that you've, you know, like God has healed that or taken care of that for you um, and kind of missing his presence in that moment, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it's really easy whenever it's something huge, you know? Um, but those little everyday type of things that you yeah. ask for. So I, I'm guilty of that, bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we all get into that that state of just chasing the miracles, chasing the things that God has done or chasing the things that we want God to do rather than, you know, seeking him and and seeking his, his presence. And um, it makes me think about, you know, being a, a physical therapist, you know, I see people that are in pain a lot and they kind of want the quick fix. They want the, um, you know, pain pill. And that can be something that they get kind of addicted to or just kind of drawn to when they uh, go into that, um, you know, state of I'm in pain, I, I need something to just take it away. And then that's all that they ever want. And that's kind of that surface level. And God has called us to more than that surface level. It's that enduring, um, you know, presence. He wants that relationship. And, and you know, that's kind of the the relay with the physical therapy is like, you know, in order to get people out of pain a lot and what they're kind of suffering through, it's like that that journey that's retraining their, their, their whole nervous system and everything. And so it's, it's more than just, you know, putting out the fire of pain or just giving them the, the bread. It's, it's that enduring that, that presence, that relationship that you're able to go into. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting parallel mm-hmm. that I thought about. Um, so the, the, I am statements that, um, he, we look at emphasize Jesus's divinity and his role as a savior of the world. In both cases, I am highlights the uniqueness, the power, and the authority of Jesus. The first one that he goes into is that I am the bread of life. And then he gives the statements kind of uh, listing them, each one of them, uh, which kind of reveals himself a little bit more to us. He goes, I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. Is there any of those that kind of stand out to you or are very impactful for you, to you in those I am statements? Yes. Um, I would say for me, the I am the way, the truth, and the life is probably one that really stands out to me. And it's scripture. Oh, my goodness. I've heard since I was a little girl. Um, it is, um, you know, something that we hear over and over again, but it's such a good reminder to me um, that it's not it's not up to me. Like, I, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. So as a human, I, you know, I'm, I want to cure it. I want to fix it. I want to take care of what needs to happen in my life. Like, I'm in control, but no, he's the way. Mm-hmm. He's the truth. Like, I need to, to follow that. Um, and that's that's an encouragement for me. So out of all of those, that is the one. And, and maybe it's because it's the one that um, is, I don't know, the one that kind of holds me accountable. Mm. Like it's not up to me. So It's like you know the answer. Just Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there. Take it's it. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know the answer. It's right I know. there. Yeah, no. They, these are all incredible. Obviously, it kind of links back to you can fill in anything in that I am. And it's, he he is the, obviously within reason. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> mm-hmm. But um I, if I had to pick one that really speaks to me or kind of like encapsulates my life and my vision and, and kind of understanding of God, it's I am the good shepherd. 
we and it kind of reminds me of what we talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast with that that video of the sheep, and it's actually come up a couple times now on, on in my like <laughs> my feeds. Too? Yeah, ever since we yeah we talked and, about it, and I, then you know, and actually was always listening. E- even more than that, there's like even more videos of sheep doing the same thing. Like it, it, like <laughs> these shepherds are like ripped, like pulling them out of these tight spots and they're just jumping right back in. I saw one of a dog jumping in the pool and it was like drowning. And yeah, then and down to the bottom. Then, yeah. He jumped <laughs> right back one? in. He was like this beefy pit uh, bull or something. Yeah. He sunk straight yeah. to the bottom. Yeah. yeah, and then he jumps right back in. Yeah. But I, the reason I, I picked this one, I am the good shepherd, is like I am that sheep. I am that dog. That is me my whole life. I'm like getting pulled out of stuff by God and then like, oh, I could do it again. <laughs> just going mm. right back in. And so um, that just speaks to me personally where I, I – it's comforting knowing that there's this, this God that's leading, guiding. I am the way, truth, and the life, but also shepherding, and like that I am this kind of silly creature, like a sheep that mm-hmm. needs that direction and that and that shepherding. Yes. But knowing that He is a good shepherd, and He will He'll pull me out of that pit as many times as I jump back into it. <laughs> yeah. What about you, bro? Which um, one? I would probably say the um, I'm the light of the world. I think that one's kind of uh, evolved over kind of my. Uh, faith journey and everything. It's something that I've kind of wrestled with as far as um, understanding that full kind of concept of light versus darkness and Mm. God bringing that, you know, order to the chaos and everything. And so it's, um, yeah, something that I look at here and, you know, it it just rings a little bit truer to, you know, my life and, you know, how I experience the world is, you know, all this darkness and all these things that we see as being this, uh, negative impact in the world, but like God is the true light of the world. And just like that little like spark can just be so impactful of, you know, impacting our, our lives and our families and then our communities. And mm. it spreads so um, aggressively once we start to really embody that, that light aspect of, of who God is. Um, I will say I, as we were um, kind of going through these, I spoke, we all spoke, um, during the month of January, but I spoke about the I am the true grapevine. Like mm-hmm. I spoke on that yeah, chapter. Yeah. And it's interesting because going back and like looking at this, like how quickly I glossed over the power of the I am mm-hmm. um, during that time. Like I just oh, read yeah. it like a basic sentence. And um, I think, you know, because of this message, it just makes me like, wow, there's so much power in those two two words, you know, like not to overlook it um, mm-hmm. because – I should have rewrote my uh, podcast or my, <laughs> my, what was it? My little message. Devotional. <laughs> like, there. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was. But, <laughs> you know, it just was a good, remo- you know, reminder. Like I am how powerful that statement is. Mm, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. The, the true vine of, you know, being um, connected to God and that is the way that we can bear fruit through him and everything. And um yeah, if you missed that, go back and listen yeah. to Kyla. I forget what <laughs> week it was, but you can find it on our YouTube channel. <laughs> you uh, go back, I don't know, five or six, maybe eight weeks. <laughs> just watch take. them all. Just, you'll find <laughs> it. You'll find <laughs> it. Actually, you talked about <laughs> I am too in yours. Did I? Yeah. I, get, I remember bad. it. I don't remember. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember it. it. Well, good. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> that's horrible. I'm like, oh, <laughs> cool. I did. Look um, at that. So, um, so the... The first one of the I am statements is that I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And, you know, that's that's a concept that, you know, we can get out of the story of, you know, like you said, they're coming back to God after they've had this bread. And Pastor Tom mentioned it kind of 
no matter how much bread you eat, you know, give it enough time and you're going to be hungry again. Mm-hmm. He did give uh, my wife a little shout out with I the, the know. bread. I know. She is baking. a master bread she's, maker, though. She's definitely. So she's, yeah. Avery she, bakes from scratch. She, yeah, she makes, she's yeah, don't you follow her Instagram, man? No, I need to. Yeah, I just, all, we, all him about, and I just started following each other. Like, just like, <laughs> this like weekend. Little, yeah, but oh yeah. my gosh, now bread, I got a bread maker, Avery. Um, but, um, <laughs> Didn't know she had it in her, but we're glad she's in the family. Yep. And then, so... Yeah, but then that kind of gives us that um, that concept of being that that hun- you'll you'll never be hungry again if if you you know cling to God and like take that that bread of of life. And he kind of mentions is that living faith in Christ and what that means. You know, faith in Christ is exercising, it's growing, moving. It's an active belief in Jesus Christ. Um, is there anything that stood out to you on that concept of? you know, being an active follower of Christ and how can we apply that to our lives and how would you, um, how would you kind of explain that to somebody of how to have a living faith? Yeah. Um, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I will say I, there was a lot of time, what years where I was a Christian and believed in God, but I wasn't active in my faith. And so I can see such a difference in my life, the parallels or not, you know, the difference that happened um, with, you know, actually being active. And what active looks like for me is obviously being involved in the church, but reading my Bible every day, doing devotionals, um, all of those kind of things bring me closer to him. And also like tithing and, you know, all, all of that show, you know, brings me in a closer relationship with him and it makes me way, you know, active in my faith. Those are the the steps that I do. Um, and I feel like, you know, I'm sure, I feel like you guys do it too. I mean, that's the way to be yeah. active in it. I don't know, and bro. You, do you, you do you tithe? <laughs> I do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just yeah it's, you out. <laughs> it's definitely that that concept has has been something that you know has grown with you know taking the financial piece, taking it three or four times, and uh, you know understanding that concept a little bit more. Um, but I was going to say, you know that that process of being active in your faith. You talked a, bit, a little bit about on your devotional of you know pruning the extra and the excess, and it's mm-hmm. not this straight line of just, you know, progress in your faith. It involves, you know, dying to other things. It involves, you know, pruning out the negative aspects and kind of that has given me me a lot of uh, clarity and and grace and and my faith journey is just knowing that it's not a straight line and it shouldn't look like a straight line because when I first accepted Christ, it was like, I'm just going to keep getting closer and closer and it's not going to waver. And so that was like a, a thing that, you know, I, I think I've accepted a lot more learning a little bit more about who God is and reading the Bible is that, you know, you're going to have those those valleys. You're going to have those, you know, things that come up in your life that um, that don't look like the straight line and, yeah, in that process. All right. Yeah, no, there's definitely ebbs and flows. There's highs and lows. There's uh, zigs and zags. <laughs> but there, but um the act that what I think about an act of faith, and I think Jesus personified it perfectly, was it's. I mean, we can, you can break it down in the simplest form. What's a stagnant faith? Well, a stagnant faith to me would be someone who believes in that Jesus died for our sin, believe he's still the same God today, believe he believes all of that, but you don't do anything about it. You just kind of keep it to yourself, sit in it, live it. You're in the Word, whatever that you know. But an active faith is one that's constantly. I mean, Jesus was never not doing something during his ministry. He was constantly looking for people to change their lives, looking for people to help. And it wasn't the people 
that they thought he'd be looking for. It was the the worst of the worst, the lowest of the lowest. And so I think it's this idea that we can't do that. We can't have this stagnant faith of, of we have this knowledge and that's good enough for me. Like I'm just going to live it out myself. It, it has to be, there has to be action behind it. There has to be, and, and I don't even think, sometimes I don't even think it has to be, like we want to win souls, but I don't even think it has to be with like, I have to go win souls. I think it's just sharing this knowledge with people yeah. so that they can make a decision on, on what to do with their yeah. life and, and how to live their life. And just as long as we are passing this knowledge actively along, I think that's what an act of faith looks like is I constantly think, Yeah, the biggest difference, you know, for me, from me be believing in God to actively being, you know, active in my faith, I find myself, so I always kept, kept it kind of separate with work. Like I mm. never really... They kind of knew, like, oh, my dad's a preacher, like, all that kind of stuff. But it was never—now it's just so part of—like, I talk about it all just the time. Just out of you. But, which yeah. I don't even—you know, it's not because I'm actively trying to tell people about mm-hmm. Christ. It's just like, oh, this is what I do for church, and, like, because it's part of who I am. Right. Um, and so I see what a positive change that is in my life, mm-hmm. um, that it's so part that I, I talk about it, you know? Um, and then maybe I'll, like, always, like— Promote the podcast. But it's, it's crazy that I'm not like scared about it anymore. Like I was yeah. always like, Ugh, don't talk about things mm-hmm. like that and work. And right. now I'm just like, I don't even mean to. And me too, you know? thinking back, it was like, because I think it, you're when you're younger, you're still wrestling with it yourself. You're, you yeah. still have questions and you're still trying to figure this faith thing out. But then, yeah, you hit a certain point where you're just like, God keeps doing things in your life and yeah. keeps, it just kind of like, flows out of you. Yeah. Like you said, naturally, you don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. It just comes up naturally in conversation. I think that's a beautiful depiction of an act of faith. Mm-hmm. Just, it just, it has to come out. So you're saying yeah. I made it. <laughs> no, but I, I like the way that you kind of flipped it of, you know, looking at, all right, so what's a, what's a stagnant faith? What's a, a passive fa- uh, mm, faith? And so that's another good one. Um, yeah, and, passive. and so w- when I think, I mean, my physical therapy brain again is yeah. go, go, going again with, you know, I don't know. I quote it all the time. I don't know what study this came from, but when people like are bedridden, we say that it requires three days of exercise to make up for that one day that you spent in the bed. Wow. And so oh. um, it's one of those, I quote, it's, wow. I don't even know if it's true, but, uh, <laughs> Sounds but, but, really but good. it's, it's, it's kind of like, we don't understand or we don't emphasize the impact and the detriment of a stagnant faith yeah. a lot of times. And when I think of it in that physical therapy aspect, it's like, spending a day in that stagnant faith, what do we have to do to make up for that? Yeah. You know, maybe it takes, you know, maybe it takes five days of, of being active in our faith and it's not a one-to-one ratio yeah. is what I'm saying. And so, um, there is a lot of, um, weight that it comes to that and pursuing that active faith and growing. And, you know, it doesn't have to look in that, 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 straight line. You don't have to, like I tell people, you don't have to do the perfect exercise, but do something, do something in, yeah. in the physical therapy because you're going to decline a lot faster when you oh. are in that stagnant state. When yeah. my dad was was fighting cancer, we saw that all, and we were told that all the time by doctors and, and physical therapists. And they were like, we see it all the time with cancer patients where some will just give up and accept it. Like that this is my state. I have cancer. It's terminal, whatever. If it's terminal or if it's just really serious, and they just sit and they 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 wither quickly. Whereas the other ones say, no, I'm going to fight. And they continue to be active, even if it's just walking the corridors of the hospital. And they're like, the improvement we see in them, or at least even if it doesn't, even if they don't go into remission or anything, the qual- their quality of life is just so much higher. And so it's I think it's 100% proven. Especially, even if you just think of 
gaining weight and mm-hmm. working out, right? How much easier is it to turn around and be like, oh my gosh, I, I gained 10 pounds as opposed to, man, I've been working my butt off and I've lost 10 pounds. It's so much harder to lose the weight mm-hmm. than it is to gain it. So yeah, I think, uh, I think that's so true by sitting stagnated. Yeah. It, it, you gotta, you gotta put something out. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so we kind of answered that last question I had about, you know, relaying it to our, um, our relationships, our work of how do we emulate that I am statement, but, um, we kind of touched on it already, but is there anything else, any other takeaways that you have from the sermon today that you wanted to share before we go? I think just the, the, I am whole statement with, you know, him, you know, God being there for us and whatever, you know, the kind of that fill in the blank capacity, you know, um, is such, I mean, it's so hopeful and so encouraging. Um, so that, that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. The comfort, comfort of that I am statement is just so cool. Um, and also I guess something that really stuck out to me, it's something that we've kind of heard a little bit of last week and this week, but that idea of focusing on, on Jesus and his presence, as opposed to what we're getting out of him, Mm -hmm. focusing on, on him and his presence and what he has for us, as opposed to what we're set on having for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's really been, been getting me the past couple of weeks. It's really uh, working in my heart. So, yeah. And kind of like pastor Tom said, you know, it's okay to pursue those miracles, but if we are just chasing mm-hmm. those miracles and it's overshadowing, yeah. you know, getting them that presence presence with, with God, you know, that's where we need to reevaluate things a little bit, Absolutely. Um, but, you know, seek his, his miracles, expect his miracles, um, but, you know, have that relationship with him and his presence as well. But um, I just want to thank you guys for joining me today. We'll do it again.